Welcome to the Real Estate Play-By-Play. We are your hosts, Christy Martinelli, top-ranked realtor worldwide, and Danielle Olbrantz, mortgage industry veteran. On and off the field of life, you need to know the plays to win the game. We are here to give you the play-by-play tools to reach your real estate goals. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, a seasoned investor, or just have a love for real estate, suit up. It's It's game game time. time. Gaining the competitive edge. I have a feeling this this is a topic you might love. I love this topic. (laughs) If you're competitive, you're going to love this topic too. You're not competitive. Not competitive at all. Not even a little bit. No. And let me tell you what this topic, (laughs) the purpose of this topic Win, baby. This is all that matters. She's got her props. She is ready to, ready to go. go. Ready to go. <laughs> so I have a feeling you have all kinds of tips for us for how to gain the competitive edge in this crazy market. Because that's what it takes. It really takes a pro who knows what they're doing, who can help you pull out all the secret plays. Yeah, we're going to go over some secret plays, how to gain the competitive edge, and ultimately how to win your transaction. And we're going to go over it first with the buyers. Yes. And then we'll talk about the sellers. So let's dive right in. Okay. So if you are going to be putting an offer on a property, and let's say it's a multi-offer situation, how do you get your offer accepted? That is a great question. So there are things that you can do to gain your competitive edge. And I think it starts from the moment you go and look at the property. So let's say I take a client to a property and they love it. They're like, this is the house for me. I want to get it. Let's make an offer. At that point, if the seller is still living there, I'm going to walk out to my car and I'm going to grab my sheets of stationery that I have in my car. I know you do. (laughs) I know you do. And I'm going to have my client write a little note to the seller. Thank you for letting us view your property. It was so lovely. Here's what we love about it. And they're going to leave that little note at their house because then they're going to get that note when they get home. That's such a sweet little touch. Yeah. And then when we write an offer, they're going to remember that Danielle, my client, just came in and loved this property. And so, oh, yeah, that's Danielle. That's the girl that wrote the note. Right. And now here's her offer. Right. It just makes it more personalized. Yeah. The price is obviously important. But, you know, I mean, I want to sell a house to, you know, I want to sell my house to someone who's going to love and appreciate it as much as I do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about standing out. Yeah. How do you set yourself apart from your other competitors? So how do I set myself apart from the other realtors that are submitting an offer? How do the, we set the buyers apart from the other buyers that want the house? And that's just one small example. Now you brought up price being important. Sure. So of course, price is important. Yes. And when you're submitting an offer as a realtor, I'm talking to the listing agent. I'm staying in contact. I'm asking, how many disclosure packages have you given out? Mm. How many offers are going to be on this property? Where do you see these property price point going? How did you price this property? Interesting. And also, when you're looking at offers, how are you going to respond? Because that's important. Are you just going to look at the best and final of the offers? Or are you going to come back and you're going to multi-counter us? Mm. It's all in the strategy and how you go about setting up your price. And then once you figure out your price, you can look at terms. Okay. And that's where I think having a really good relationship with your mortgage broker is really important. Yes. I mean, we've done a ton of deals together. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I know I can call Danielle because she's been doing it so long and she's so knowledgeable. I know I can call her and say, hey, 
can we remove the loan contingency? Right. And right. and I get that. It's just, people will say, well, don't we still need a loan? Don't we, are we yeah. still getting yeah. a loan? We're still what getting a loan. What does yeah. that mean? And that's where working with a really, you know, knowledgeable and experienced lender is so important, right? Because I have seen lenders pre-approve files that are not truly pre-approved. And mm-hmm. so if you're working with a loan officer or a lender who's not collecting every bit of documentation up front and actually reviewing all of those things, you know, they're really just going off of what you've initially told them. And underwriting and, and the mortgage side may look at things differently. So it's really important. On our end, we really try to do a very thorough job up front so that by the time we issue a pre-approval letter, like we know there's not going to be any surprises. We've already uncovered all of those things. Mm-hmm. And then we can allow our buyers to make a more competitive offer by potentially releasing that loan contingency. Right. So as a buyer, if you are getting a loan, you still have the option to remove that loan contingency and you have that option to remove the appraisal contingency, even though your lender is most likely still going to need the appraisal. Yes. And you still have to go through the loan process. Right. So all you're doing is you're telling the seller, hey, I'm not making this a a condition of my purchase. Mm -hmm. I'm so confident in the fact that I've been pre-approved that I know I'm going to get a loan. And I'm not going to use that as an out in the transaction. Right. right. The stronger you can make that offer so that they know you're not going to be backing out, the better. Exactly. And, you know, I should mention that because I do get this question is if we remove all contingencies and then we back out, what happens? Well, you're in jeopardy of losing your 3% deposit. Right. So it's really important that you have a knowledgeable mortgage broker and realtor that can say, hey, listen, I feel super confident in you removing your appraisal contingency yes. too. Yeah. Because as a realtor, that's on me. Like, if we're going up to a certain price point, I need to make sure that that house is going to appraise and not, you know, not a a property that closed a year ago. Right. A property that closed within the past six months, within a certain radius. Yeah. Because those are the comps that an appraiser is going to use. Right. Right. Or at least we've talked about backup plans, right? That's where I really love doing things is when we are trying to strategize how to make the most competitive offer you know, okay, let's talk about contingency plans. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about what happens if the appraisal does come in low. What does that look like? And do we have a plan for it? Mm -hmm. And if we have a plan for it and the buyers are okay with that plan, great. We don't need that protection in place because we know we have a plan A and a plan B. Yeah, absolutely. And people say, well, what if it doesn't appraise? What happens? That's a great question. So it really depends on how much the buyer is going to be putting down in the first place. If they're putting down, you know, more than like a minimum down payment of, say, 5%, mm-hmm. then generally speaking, it just changes the loan terms a little bit. So they don't need to come up with any cash. It just kind of changes maybe the interest rate, maybe mortgage insurance gets added, things like that. If they are putting a minimum down payment, let's say 5%, then they would have to come in with some additional funds to make up the difference. The lender is going to be lending off of the appraised value. So it's really important at the end of the day that you're talking to your realtor, you're talking to your mortgage broker, and you're figuring it out. But if you can remove your loan contingency, your appraisal contingency, and possibly your inspection contingency, and have a really strong offer price point-wise, term-wise, and now your agent has a really good relationship with the listing agent. And let me tell you, I am not (laughs) above bribery. With listing agents. Legal bribery. Legal bribery. <laughs> so I will say... Um, Three. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So actually, and this goes to a property that we got into escrow last week yeah. that our clients, the listing agent, 
came back to me and said, hey, I heard that you give cool gifts called like (laughs) sugar wishes if we get into escrow. He's like, so we're accepting your offer. And of course, a day later, I sent him a sugar wish. Because it's really important in this industry to not only have a really good, obviously, relationship with your buyer and obviously a good relationship with the mortgage broker. Yeah. But it's actually super important to have a good relationship with other agents. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hear agents all the time who, you know, they have a horrible transaction and they say, I will literally never Mm -hmm. encourage a seller to accept an offer from that agent ever again. Right. Like it needs to be a good experience. You need to be working with professionals. You need to be working with people who this is their full time job. Right. Like this is all they do. They know what they're doing and they have the skills to get it done. And I think a couple other tricks out of the trick bag that we can pull out when writing an offer as a buyer, we can look into doing an acceleration clause. Yeah. Maybe it's a situation where there's a lot of offers and, you know, your clients are willing to go, let's say 200 grand over asking, but they don't want to leave money on the table. So we put a clause in the contract that states, Hey, we'll go up $15,000 as an example, $15,000 over the highest offer up to right. X amount of dollars. Right. And That's it's not done. Yeah, it's not done a more, lot yeah. around here. It's done yeah. in other areas of the country, but Northern California, it's not done a lot. Now there are definitely pros and cons yeah. with it. And it's something to talk to your realtor about. I would say another trick out of the bag is a bridge loan, yeah. which you do a lot of. I do a ton of bridge loans. Yeah. And that one's huge, right? Because when you're working in a competitive market, it's just not feasible all the time to make an offer contingent on selling. And so a bridge loan allows you to not only come in and not have to sell your house first, but it actually puts you in the running with cash offers. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge advantage. We use them all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, these are situations that once you find your house, you can do to help give yourself that competitive edge. Yeah. A question that I get a lot is in a low inventory market, which is what we're in right now. Yeah. How do we find homes? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. But you you do a lot of things off market, right? Right. So we, my team does between 30 and 35% off market sales. That's so crazy. It is. And the question I always get is, why would somebody want to sell off market? Yeah. And then how are you finding them if they're not on the market? (laughs) That's the follow-up question, Danielle. (laughs) So, so the answer is simple. So, so there's lots of reasons actually why somebody would want to sell off market. For example, they have a ton of kids Uh like Danielle. I know nothing about that. (laughs) A ton of pets. I like Danielle thing about that. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, they don't want to keep their house in show ready form all the time. Yeah, I don't blame them. (laughs) (laughs) So it's easier to not expose it as much and have their listing agent just find buyers that fit in this box of who would like their house and only show it at a certain time to certain people. Right. It's a little bit more limiting. But you know, if if that's your situation, I've also had sellers that are very just private people. Yeah. And they don't want to expose it. They don't want to sign in their front yard. They don't want open houses. They don't want their neighbors trekking through their house. Yeah. So selling it off market works for them. A quiet sale. That gives a huge advantage to the buyer, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not competing against, you know, whoever knows how many people are also making offers at the same time. Right. And how our team goes about finding some off market properties, which was your follow up question. Yeah. So we belong to certain top agent groups. And 
you know, I think the idea is sharing your off-market and pre-market listings with other agents mm. that are also top agents. Right. It makes the escrow a little bit more smoother, Yes, let's say, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to like working with an agent on the other end that maybe does one or two deals a year. Right. A little rusty. Right. I mean, all the way around, right? If you're going to be playing the Super Bowl, you don't put in the high school kids who have never played before. No, absolutely. not how the game works. No, you're yeah. play- putting in a Tom Brady who has <laughs> won multiple Super Bowl rings. You know, that's your, that's your best competitor. Edge. So other things that we do, we send out letters to, we've actually mailed them, we've actually door knocked and given people letters and said, hey, if you're thinking about moving, we have clients that are looking in this neighborhood, basically turning over rocks, asking around, hustling. I mean, it's a concept, right? Like actually doing work <laughs> and doing what you can to find somebody to sell houses to. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we kind of brushed over it a little bit, but I wanted to talk about it because it's really a cool concept. But you talked about waiving inspection contingencies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you go about doing that while still making sure that your buyer is protected? Right. So in a couple different situations. So let's say your clients want to make an offer on a house and the seller has not done pre-inspections. Right. In that case, you know it's going to be multiple. In that case, you can bring in an inspector before the offers are due and have him look at the house as long as the listing agent is okay with that. And then that gives you, your buyers, a leg up because they can look at the house and say, yeah, everything looks good or here's what you are going to have to do after the close of escrow. And so they know ahead of time what's going on with the house instead of waiting, putting that inspection contingency like the rest of the buyers. Right, right. I I mean, I very rarely experience anyone who brings an inspector prior to even making an offer. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's one way. The second way is let's say the seller has done the inspections up front, then going through the inspections with the buyers, making sure that they understand exactly what the inspection report says. Um, A lot of times, I mean, I see a ton of inspection reports. So I'm explaining to them uh, what's important, what's not, what's a big deal, what's not. And if they still have questions, calling the inspector on the report and letting them talk directly to the inspector and getting all their questions kind of flushed out before we make that offer. So they feel comfortable writing a non-contingent on inspections offer. That's awesome. Man, you have so many tricks up your sleeve to help (laughs) our buyers get into contract, which... Makes sense because every time we work on a pre-approval client, I tell them, you better get ready because you're going to be in contract very soon. It's just how it (laughs) works. There's no doubt about it when Christy's involved. But let's talk about sellers because obviously a good chunk of your business is also helping sellers sell their properties. Right. And those have, you know, different but equally important, you know, needs. Yeah. And I would say when me or somebody on my team comes into a property and they're going to be selling their house, right off the bat, we're coming in with a game plan and we're figuring out, okay, what's your real estate needs? Do you want to sell it for top dollar? Are you just a private person and you want to, you know, make it more on the down low? Do you need some rent back because your kids have to finish school in a couple months? Mm. You know, what are your real estate needs? And then we're coming up with a game plan to reach those real estate needs. In doing so, we're coming up with a marketing plan. And it's been really interesting because lately, my team has been selling properties for beating records in neighborhoods for top price. And I really will say that I think a lot in our little details that we do go a long way. So like, for example, the house that we just had in the neighborhood that you came to the last broker tour and helped me on, we sit down and we say, okay, our team strategizes, okay, 
Mother's Day is coming up. Yeah. So let's do a Mother's Day theme. So we have food and we give out roses for Mother's Day. Yeah. And we have a raffle. We make it fun and get brokers and realtors into the property along with buyers. Right. But doing little extra touches like that, because in my opinion, the more people we can get, if a house is on the market, the more people we can get in to see that property the higher we're going to push your price up. Right, right. And those sound like such, you know, little things. Little and, things. And, you know, easy for some agents to just kind of bypass and say, oh, no, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, I've been to your broker stores. I've been to your open houses. And people get excited to be there. And we want people to feel excited. We, it's like an experience. We want you. If it's, you know, St. Patrick's Day, we did one recently for the Super Bowl playoffs. Yeah. You know, we want people to feel excited to come to and look forward to coming to our broker's tour. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. More yeah. agents through the door, more opportunities to sell that house, which gives your, your sellers the best leg up. Yeah. And another thing that we do that we have found successful is we ask our sellers to write a letter about their house and why they love living there. And then we can frame the letter and we can put it out the house. So when the buyers come through, they can look at it. We can include it in the disclosure package. But the letter can just go into details about not obvious stuff, yeah. right? So like you're providing to a buyer inspections or information about, you know, when you did remodels and things like that. Right, right. The factual put, stuff. Factual stuff, right? Yeah. Put something in the letter that you can't see. Maybe yeah. there's a park down the street. Yeah. That the you love going July to. The Fourth of July party that the Fourth neighborhood July. puts together at, you know, yes. the Smith's house or whatever. Those kind of things are awesome to find out about and could really make the difference between selling mm-hmm. or not selling. And you may not know about them otherwise. That's cool. Yeah. I so like doing that. that. Doing a little letter, having your seller write a letter. Like that's it. important. Yeah. And then what about inspections? Do you usually advise that your sellers complete their inspections ahead of time? Mm -hmm. Do you wait until a buyer orders inspections? How does that normally work? Yeah, I think every property is different. But in general, yes, I do advise that people do their inspections up front. Now, there are some situations where it's a condo, it's been fully remodeled, probably a little bit of a waste of money to do a home inspection if you just, you Mm -hmm. know, remodel the property and it's a small condo and the HOAs cover pest all outside. So there are exceptions, but I would say generally speaking, yes, I'm advising sellers to do upfront inspections. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what about like prepping for sale? You know, are there times when, you know, if a seller doesn't need to obviously be living in the property, you're telling them to make changes to things beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. So if the seller doesn't have to live there, one great way is staging. Yeah. Staging a property can help sell your house tenfold. And it's not just when somebody goes in there and sees the property, but it's also about the marketing, right? The pictures. Yeah. And how it shows. The pictures pictures, is such a huge one. one. I can't believe sometimes some of the the marketing that I see on some non- your team uh, <laughs> listings, but it's really crazy. Like I the mean, cell phone pictures. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or my favorite is the one where you like you can see their reflection in the bathroom in the ba- mirror, yeah. <laughs> and they're taking or the toilet seats oh are up, God. and they're taking pictures of the bathroom. Yes, like, yes, yes. Or it's like a picture of their plant or something that has no relevance of the house <laughs> right, whatsoever. Right. You're like, why? Why is this in there? Yeah, yeah. So you always hire, I assume, if it's a professional. Yeah, I have my go-to photographer, yeah. videographer, drone yeah. person. Yeah, it needs to look nice because the marketing is so important. And not only that, it's it's a reflection on me and my team. You yeah. know, you're branding yourself. When you put those photos out there, it's showing you your level of, you know, what you expect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 100%, 100%. So the photos are really important. Yeah. I mean, not to mention, you know, there's so many buyers that look on Zillow all the time, right? Mm-hmm. That's their first impression. You really want that to be 
a great one. Yeah. So, okay, that's yeah, awesome. So the staging is really important. Staging, nice photos. Photography. Another thing I really like is having your front entrance way really inviting. Mm. So putting out a nice doormat, maybe a plant. Yeah. Maybe a lot of times we put out a sign that says, hey, welcome. This is oh. four bedrooms, three baths, so many square feet. Mm. Your little chalkboards. Um, Those yeah. are so cute. Yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, you know, that's your first impression. Yeah. And it, it sounds very cliche. Yeah. But it's nice to feel very welcomed when you come into a house. Right. Well, it's also overwhelming, you know, if you're looking at open houses, right, and you're going from house to house to house to house, it's really easy to get lost in the details of like, what am I even looking at? Like, which one right. was this? And so having it front and center with all the details of the house is just a nice little helpful tip. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I think like so, it. too. I like it. So, yeah, and we, we talked about, you know, offering food and things like that at brokers tours, having open houses, not just on Sunday, but Saturday, which is actually interesting because lately we have found our Saturday open houses have been busier than Sunday. And I think there's multiple reasons for that. But having the open houses on both days during the weekend. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then obviously having a mortgage broker there. I love having you guys with me at like an open house or a broker tour because you get a first time buyer that comes in and they have questions about their loan or maybe they're not pre-approved, but they want to get pre-approved and they want to make an offer on this house. So it's like, speak to Danielle. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or even worse, they're using, you know, one of those big online lenders that isn't open on the weekends and won't answer their call. And they can't get a pre-approval letter. They actually didn't even provide any of the documentation. So yeah, no, those are, those are fun. We enjoy doing those a lot. So those are some awesome tips for both buyers and sellers. I think, yeah, back to the name of the game is to win, right? Whatever your real estate goals are, it is so critical to be working with professionals who have all of these tips and tricks up their sleeve and they know them second nature. Yeah. I mean, to gain the competitive edge, really, just like in sports, I mean, your coach has to know some secret plays. He has to have some tricks in his bag that he's going to pull out, you know, if you're trying to win or the game's on the line. And it's the same thing in real estate. You know, you need to have a good mortgage broker. You need to have a good realtor that can pull out some of these tricks to help you win because winning is all that matters. (laughs) That is all that matters. (laughs) On that note. On that note. The real estate play-by-play. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this play-by-play, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on your podcast app, or please share with a friend or colleague. For more information, helpful tips, and real estate strategies, please visit us online at www.therealestateplaybyplay.com, where you can also connect with us on social platforms and sign up for our newsletter. Get Get in the game. game!